1: What's happening, people? And what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with the rawest opinion while giving you the straight up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. Oppressed. We give sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Alexa, what is the baddest podcast in the land? Here's Pulling Back the Curtain podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. This podcast is sponsored by Sumato Coffee. Sumato Coffee believes that coffee should be unique and high quality from bean to cup, and that coffee is best two to fourteen days after it's been roasted. Beyond that, it starts to become stale. At Sumato Coffee, they're incredibly concerned and transparent about when your coffee is roasted. That's why they put the roast date right on the back. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners receive a 20% discount off their order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit them at sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E dot com.
1: What's happening, people, and what you know, good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting you with our rawest opinion while giving the straight up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. Press. We're giving sight to the blind today, ladies and gentlemen. On our season two finale, we are joined by Rob Griggs, host of Super Duper podcast, as we pull back the curtain on dismantling systemic racism in America and much, much more. Press was popping, baby. Hey, Jules, man, I
0: can't call it busy week, man. I was uh, out in Dallas quite a bit for work. I actually just
1: got back yesterday, so it's been pretty crazy on Miami. How you doing, bro? Oh, man. pressure you know me, man. I'm still smooth, man. I'm still smooth. But, man, I know you are busy. How you holding up over there? It's all good. Just a day in the life, <laughs> you know. <laughs> man.
0: you know my uh my, my mom used to always say she'd say, you know what, uh, you built for it, so that that's that's okay. kind of how I look at it, man. It's 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 cool, and oh, I man. I grind like this now, man. So that way, in about five or six years, bro. Psh, man, please, you think I'm gonna be doing all this? If I'm being oh. if I'm if I'm be on somebody playing, I'm gonna be somewhere else island somewhere.
1: Oh man, I hear that, man. You're working hard so you can play hard later on, man. I hey, I see you. You make them sacrifices now, man, for for the greater for the greater good later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey man,
0: before we get into the season finale episode, brother, I wanted to uh, dedicate this episode to Jaslyn Adams. I was really uh really hurt by you know her passing. she was shot and killed. Last week, right. Jules, and right. I just want to dedicate this to her memory, man. A seven-year-old kid, gunned down, you know, got in the crossfires and some, some gang bullshit that continues to plague our inner cities, and I just wanted to just dedicate this uh, this episode to her memory. Rest in peace, Jasper.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, rest in peace.
0: Beautiful angel, man. The other thing, man, we've had a lot of loss uh, lately, Jules. We lost Black
1: Rob. Man, right. craziness, right? Just uh, maybe a week after uh, DMX. It was a week after DMX, yeah. And it's been, was yesterday. It was, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And then Shock G. Shock G, man, 57 years old, still young man. hmm uh, You know what, you know what, prayers, As far as males, I don't know if you go do checkups. I know I'm terrible with it. I go when just something's bothering me, and I need to change that. For me, I can do better as far as my health, you know, get re- random checkups and make sure everything's good because if you wait too late, man, it might, it might be too late. So, fellas, if you're not, you know, big on, getting checkups and I can raise my hand on this one, you know, every once in a while you can, it's okay. Go and get checkup and see how you, how you doing. You know,
0: I'll just say this. I'll be honest,
1: man. When I was younger, bro,
0: I had that whole, I thought I was invincible, right? Like, man, I'll be good. You know, I'm Teflon and this and that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, nah, man. I mean, I think it's important, man, especially within our race, man, a lot of these conditions that we are predisposed to, mm-hmm. I think it's important. For us to definitely make sure that we're getting those tests, right? Get, making sure that you're straight, man, right. getting that colon checked. I know a lot of people don't want to talk about that. Right. But man, well, you got to be on that stuff, man. Mm-hmm.
1: Shit. Right, because they changed the age limit from 50 to 45 for, for right. African-American right. males. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: So, yeah, no, so, Jules, that's a hell of a point, man, because like you said, man, we're seeing this with these guys in our community, man, guys, when we were coming up, hey, man, you looked at them, they were bigger than life, and now it's like, now they are gone. Yeah, now, one other point that I want to make on that, and this is kind of what I was speaking to a little earlier with all the traveling for work and whatnot, man. Sometimes it makes you want to slow down a little bit, man, where you can smell the flowers around you. Because then it it's like, all right, well, you working for all this stuff on the back end, but what if the back end never even comes?
1: <laughs> oh man, you up in heaven looking like man. If I can just take a time out for myself and just enjoy life, mm-hmm. and you know, always on the grind, and you know, time go by fast. We going in May. <laughs> I mean. It's crazy. This, it's, it's crazy, man. This time is moving. Well,
0: think about this. We've been doing this podcast for over a year now. Yep. That, that really hit me last week. Real, yeah, right. <laughs> it's over a year. We like you said, man, time, bro. That stuff don't wait on nobody, man. No, man, it, I don't.
1: no it don't. <laughs> it, it, uh, I, if you don't stop and turn around, boy, you'll miss it. <laughs> right. And, and like you said, you be you'd be you be looking down to heaven like, man, dude, I didn't I ain't get the better stuff I wanted to do. <laughs> and you and you got people blowing through your money. <laughs> yeah, right. You oh man, because you can't take it with you. So <laughs> no. <laughs> you can't take so your your family members and your closest friends, boy, they living it up, boy. Living it up. Jumping on your damn couch and shit, man. Right. <laughs> Jumping on your couch. <laughs> you may be talking about that. They should show so with Rick James.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Fuck your couch. <laughs> oh, man, that would be terrible. That would be terrible. But you know, it's always that one person. I'm telling you. It's <laughs> always that one person. Well, man, let, let's get into some of these mailback questions, man, before we get uh, our mm. brother Rob in here. Uh, okay. we, we had a lot of them today. Jules just would to be in the finale. I had to squeeze a mm-hmm. couple more in. But the first one came over from Aaron. And she lives in Lincoln Park here in Chicago. Shout out to Aaron. And she wanted to know, fellas, are you guys getting the COVID-19
1: vaccine? Jules? You know what? Maybe Eventually, I want to wait until uh, everybody get it. All the people with underlying condition, or other people get it. Now they're talking about you might need a third shot and yep. stuff. Johnson Johnson, I know, had a few little hiccups and stuff. So yeah, I'm going to wait a little bit. <laughs> but eventually, eventually. Yeah,
0: that, I think th- I think that's fair, man, because Jules, you know kind of where I was at. I started off with this whole thing by saying, hell no, I ain't getting that, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I said, okay, you know what? I had to start talking to some people in the medical field, and I started getting some little insights, especially when we did our episode on COVID-19. So I said, mm-hmm. all right, man. So I started to kind of like soften up my opinion of it. And then, you know, you know what happens, man? People around you start getting it, and then you're just sitting there looking like, oh, okay, I see you. I'm, w- I'm watching and monitoring people. I'm like, okay, you don't have both of them. You are right. All right. Well, let me let me let me think on this again. And then I got the text message back in uh, early March, Jules, and they told me that I was eligible. Then I'm sitting up here like, oh man, this should have got real now. <laughs> like, okay. Uh oh. Okay. So then I, I called my doctor up, man, and uh, he put me in touch with you know someone at the, the UOC, and they answered like a lot of questions for me. I was with this person for about well, over Zoom for about an hour, and because I was with you, man, I wanted to like let other people you know get that vaccine first. But then I wanted to have more time to do my research on it. And I just finally just broke down and made the decision to do it. So I, I, I took the first dose of the Pfizer one on, uh, on Monday. Okay, good. How, how you feel? Oh, man, shit. I ran like five miles like an hour after I had it. <sighs> Teflon. But, man, you know how we do. Teflon. You know how we do. <laughs> but I, according to some people that I talked to, though, they said the second one is the one where I'm probably going to probably be six. We'll see. Okay. I'm like, okay. it sounds good. I guarantee I'll still be running. But we'll okay. see
1: how all right, I right, now, just, hey, just gauge it now.
0: <laughs> there you go. You know me, man. You know me. I'll be pushing.
1: <laughs> yeah, because my, my parents got it. My my older brother, he got it in his family. But he was, on that second one, he he said he was out for a couple of days, though. That's what people were saying. Which yeah. uh, which version did they get? He got Moderna.
0: Okay, yes. Yeah, so, okay, so, yeah, see, that's because y'all got that money. I, I, I see. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: my brother got it now. Not me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. But no, man. I think for me, the, the thing that, that just made me go ahead and just do it, Jules, is the fact that I'm like, man, I'm ready to start traveling internationally again, man. I'm ready to come outside, man. I'm ready to see my friends and family, man. I'm like, dude, this has been crazy. I haven't like seen people, man, in a long time. So I'm like, man, let's, let's, I'm, I'm ready to go. So right, gotcha. That's kind of where it was for me, but it, it, man, I'm telling you, bro, I didn't make the decision lightly. So Aaron. This is one of those things that I went back and forth on for months. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. All right, man. Next question came over from Catherine. And she lives down in Athens,
1: Georgia. And Jules, she wanted to know, what is our favorite board game? Oh, man. Excellent question. My, well, coming up, my favorite was, you remember Operation? Yeah. You know, yeah. Man, Operation was my favorite. I remember I got, it, I got it for Christmas one year. Put those batteries in there and and trying to keep your hands steady while you take your uh, those little parts out of the that person's body. And if you touch the little thing, you get you get a little shock. And the dude knows, light up. Yeah. And then you lose the turn. So man, that was, you know, growing up with two brothers and stuff like that, man. We was, you know, saying betting and stuff and always challenging each other, man. So that that was one of my favorites right there. Well, I'm gonna tell you one thing, man. I bet you used to lose it, that shit all the time. Your hands you ain't that? Man, yeah. <laughs> yeah especially, man, especially now. That's why. No, no, I'll just play. Yeah, yeah. You better, you better slow your roll. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but dude, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I used to like when we used to play that with my brother, man. I used to like definitely like come up behind him, like you remember the what was the one? It was the hard one. It was like that little wishbone one. Yeah, right. Yeah, the wish. Bro.
1: Right, right. Right. I'll
0: just, like, he'll, he'll get right close to it, and I'll just, like, do some fucked-up shit, like, last second on him, and he drop it, and then that thing start buzzing. He's like, hey, yeah you can't do that. I'm like, hey, the root box don't say nothing about people. <laughs> who, their heart don't, you know, pump right. That's on you, man. That ain't on me. But mm-hmm. that was a good game, man. That was a good game. I would oh, say Monopoly, bro. That was
1: mine. Oh, man. Hey, that's 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 for them billionaire minds right there, man. Man, it was, <laughs> it was, it was your...
0: I don't know what happened to that billionaire mind, but oh. I'm telling you... <laughs> <laughs> But dude, I I love that game, man, especially too I love being the bank. Now, when I was younger, I used to te- sometimes I used to take money out of the bank, but I don't do that now anymore. But uh white collar criminals do it, why can't I? Yep. yep. <laughs> you know, but, man, everybody was doing that. Yep. yep. Yeah, but now but now no, you keep me honest now like you keep the bank a little bit further away. But yeah, I mm-hmm. you know how easy it is to take a couple of them 500s. So I'm like, shit, I need to buy some hotels and properties, man. Shit. That was my game, man. I I liked it because it doesn't matter, like, what age you are. I mean, you can play that game with, like, you know, your, your younger kids. You can play it with, like, pieces oh, yeah. and nephews. Mm-hmm. And you can play it with adults. So that I love that game.
1: No, you, it's you, it's very relatable to real world. And now, because my wife and I, we played it, what, last year? And she, we get the version where you use a credit card to get your see, money. You see, audience,
0: and I ain't told y'all about this man and all this excess money he got. I ain't <laughs> never heard of no Monopoly <laughs> with no debit card. All yeah. I know is paper money. But go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a little machine it's a little machine now and um uh, you just put your little card in the in the thing and and that's how you get your money so if okay. you want to pay for you want to buy a, a house or any property on the thing you land on you know you can just just pay it that way okay i see debit card monopoly wow <laughs> yeah
0: and yeah, and this guy told me that he grew up in Inglewood. I don't believe it, y'all. I don't, I don't believe it. No, it, it's true, folks. It's true. They <laughs> hey, hey. it should have never gave y'all money, bro. <laughs> oh,
1: now, the debit card is not real. Now I can't go put in a real ATM. It's just it's just a toy. That's Well, all.
0: well I know that. But I'm just saying, I still ain't never seen that. Where,
1: where, where they sell that game at, how much does it cost? That's what I want to know. You know what? I'm going to bring it over. As soon as that garage gets fixed, man, I'm going to bring it over. You going to bring it over? All right. <laughs>
0: I ain't (laughs) never played that or even heard of it that's crazy I love it I love learning something
1: new though and I just learned something new about you Jules I did Uh, oh (laughs) hey uh, hey I'm I'm the same I'm the same Jules man
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I'm I'm gonna ponder some things All right, let me see how more of these questions roll out before I find something else new about you All right, so Jules this question came over late and I thought this one was a really good one so Melanie from St. Paul she wanted to know Who gets kicked out of this trio of singers? So she gave us Mariah, Whitney, Janet
1: Jackson, who get kicked out. So if them three was in the room singing, who you like, man? You got to get up out of here. I love you, Janet, but it'll probably have to be Janet. Okay, so it's Janet, huh? Yeah, and that's a tough one. I love all three. All three got beautiful voices. Oof, that's tough to hear. Yeah, that's, yeah. Melanie.
0: Melody? Of these three, this was a tough question, and I'm with Jules. It was hard. I had to say Mariah. She's a beast. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. And uh, she she rules Christmas now. I mean, think about it. <laughs> <laughs> that damn song, Come On, Bro, and I'm just like, all right, I, I guess it's Christmas time. Let's roll with it, right? It's Christmas, yep. You know, and, and also, too, man, I mean, sh- Mariah, she's 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 bad, you know, so mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. But I'm going to push back on my brother Jules real quick, man. Okay. You can't cut Penny from Good Times,
1: bro. We talking uh, about Penny from yeah, Good Times, fam. I, I know, man. I know.
0: And I mean, Whitney, she just, she royalty. You know what I mean? Royalty. So Whitney's always going to be in the group. But no, nah, man, I, I couldn't cut Janet. And I definitely I wasn't guess. touching Whitney. But I hear you, man. One thing, too. Remember when the Bodyguard came out when we were short? Uh-huh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: i lot going to lie to you, man. I was caking for Whitney in that movie, man. I wanted it to be Kevin Costner so bad. I hated that, man.
1: <laughs> he said caking for Whitney. <laughs> Bro, Oh yeah, she a bad lady, man. She a bad lady.
0: Remember when when uh with Kevin, he when he picked her up and he was carrying, I'm like, man, you don't be carrying that
1: queen like that. You don't <laughs> know what you're doing. <laughs> man, hey Whitney, Whitney was no punk, man. She was rough in that movie. Dude, right? She,
0: she, she was, was giving ready.
1: Frank the uh, uh the business. Yes, yeah, she was. Yes, she, she was. She <laughs> wasn't playing around.
0: Mm-mm. All right, Frank. so so Melanie, my brother Jules, he's kicking Jenna Jackson out of the group. But I will say this, though. If you think about it, if, if I'm going to be objective, it does make sense, Jules. Because if you look at those other two, it's like, damn. But I, I
1: was sentimental on that. I just, I I went back to good times. I, yeah, no, I got gotcha. you. I, I got That was a tough one, man. And it pains my heart to even say that. You know what I'm saying? But that's a rough. Who, who asked this question? <laughs> Melanie. St. Paul. Melanie. Melly, you hit us back and tell us. Which one would you kick out? (laughs) That's a good point. That's a good point. Let us know. We'll talk about it season three. All right. (laughs)
0: Last mailback question before we get our brother Rob in in the building here is from John from Adelaide, Australia. Just shout out to you, John. Australia. Yeah, he said, uh, would you guys rather continue your your life or restart it? So basically, where are we at now in life? Continue there or restart things all the way from scratch?
1: mm No, I'm I'm, I'm continuing. Okay. I'm continuing because the, the lessons I learned and things I been through and people I uh got a chance to meet, and no, I can't go back because it's just so much stuff I learned and been through and stuff. I, I gotta keep moving.
0: And, I mean, and also too, I mean if you if you restart, then that may be that chance that you don't get to play that right. fancy ass Monopoly. So no, I get you. What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> damn. Yeah, you're right. There's a chance. There's a chance I will not play it. <laughs> right. I probably wouldn't meet met uh, my wife and before I mean, we wouldn't be uh, uh uh one day I'm all over with playing Monopoly. Or we be or, or, playing the prayers version. <laughs> <laughs> or prayers we were we would we never met. Not we probably too. never bumped into each other. Yeah, but you know what, that could be a damn gift. You never
0: know. Shit, some of the times we'll have, you like It's jackass. <laughs> 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 jules you my guy man hell yeah <laughs> uh, but i was gonna say man jules this is a hell of a question when you think about it on the surface right because when i first thought about it i immediately said man restart that's what i thought at first because mm-hmm. then you think about it, man for me you know there's so many mistakes that shit i've made continue to make sometimes but i ain't gonna lie to you though i'm still proud of like where i am in life And so there's some things in this life that, man, I would do all over again in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. So I would just say, man, for you, for me, for where we came from, I think we've done really decent in life. We've done really well. We've been able to give back to our families and things of that nature, man. So I don't think it's worth throwing all that away, man, just to overcompensate for some mistakes that I made, you know, when, when I wasn't thinking, you know, the right way about stuff. And so the point that you made, man, the relationships, that stuff matters to me more than anything, man. Oh, yeah. you, you you can't replace that stuff. And money's not the end-all, be-all for me, man. Because, bro, I've seen these shows, man, where they had these cats. They will put them into some city by themselves. They take away all their money, and then these people still figure it out. You can make money, bro, wherever you go. That ain't it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's the value of you and the people that you have around you, man. And that's, for me, that's what's uh, irreplaceable. So, Oh, yeah. It's priceless. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go back to square one, man, because then I would say this. Your current circle, man, you know how I keep that circle tight and, 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 man, I keep it very close to the vest over here. Man, I go back to square one again, man. It's like, now I got to start all over again, man, with my new wolf pack, I'm cool on that. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good, man. <laughs> <laughs> really good question. I mean, also think about this, the last point here. Life is full of firsts. Like, so all these type of first experiences and stuff like that that you have.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, if I go restart things, I already haven't been through all the firsts, so it ain't going to feel right the same. It ain't going to feel right the next time. And I think that's something. So I'm going to decline on starting over, John.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're moving forward. Australia,
0: John from Australia. Australia. Well, Jules, uh, before we get into the the nuts and bolts of this thing here, uh, we had an update here on the Derek Chauvin trial. Guilty Mm -hmm. verdict was administered. Wanted to get your thoughts on it. This was a case that I know a lot of people wanted us to touch on. It's been a lot of information on this thing over these last three weeks, but want to just see what you thought, brother.
1: You know, uh, I was in the gym when they said that jurors came up with a verdict and it's going to be read around 30 or 4 o'clock, something like that. I hurried up and I went home and turned on the TV and I was talking to my wife and they announced the verdict. Guilty. I had a sigh of relief. I said, okay. Okay, it's done. Cool. With the evidence we saw and what the defense was trying to argue, he was just throwing stuff on the wall to see if it was thick and and I knew it and I was like, nah, nah, this thing was ugly. But what I am surprised, I'm not going to lie to you, I was surprised all three count he got convicted of because I was like, you know, they did second degree second degree manslaughter and third degree. I thought one of those he wasn't going to get but all three came back guilty and I was like, wow. When I saw people's cheering and celebrating and people crying. Then I started thinking about something else. It was like, where are we living at here? I was like, okay, what he did, he got convicted of. He, sh- he should have been convicted. But then it, my thoughts was like, man, this shouldn't be where, where somebody who did something like that and people wondering, was he going to get off of it? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, people was talking about with Rodney King, murder. Okay, that was 30 years ago. Things had changed, but there's things that's still the same. But we have moved the needle and and things are improving. I just pray that this right here is a catalyst for something new. First, I don't want things to happen like this, but just in case they do, the person be charged accordingly and be convicted, you know, without there's a stink, you know, without something where you got to, you know, burn things down or you have to, you shouldn't have to go crazy so people can hear you. This thing should be, okay, he did something wrong go to court, everybody's a, everybody get their due process, and get convicted for it. And it shouldn't have to take for people to rant and rave and argue and push things for, for this to happen. It, I was glad that happened, but then it was like, we shouldn't live in a time like like this, when something like this happened. When uh, the report came out that the,
0: the verdict was going to be read at a certain time, I was wrapping up a, a work call. And I will say this, bro, that was the longest... Anytime soon, right? I remember the message said the vertical be read any any minute right. now.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Man, that shit was like a half hour. And I was sitting there with a lot of nervous energy, right? One point of yours that, that I wanted to touch on that I agree with is the fact that I shouldn't have been sitting at that TV watching that and expecting the worst.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's a part of the problem because a part of me was wondering: is there a chance that this guy gets off from doing this? And I think that's what you saw, Jules, when you saw people celebrating and crying and and upset because they've been so used to these police-involved shootings where the officers haven't been charged because since 2005, only seven officers have been convicted of murder before this Derek Chauvin verdict came out. I looked at this thing a little bit differently. While Chauvin got what he deserved, I just didn't think that this was true justice. I know a lot of people have called it that, but to me, Jules... I just thought it was just accountability. This man was held accountable just like I would have been held accountable if I would have done what Shalvin did to George Floyd. It's an act that should have never happened. Right? Right. right, But I don't view this as any sort of justice because the $27 million settlement that the George Floyd family received doesn't bring him back. This guilty verdict does not bring him back. True. What I saw with this whole situation is the jurors saw what Jules and I saw. And we saw that Shalvin, acted far outside of his reach as an officer. That's it, point blank. But what I thought that this verdict was important of, and I I just want to make sure that our audience hears me with this situation. It just shows that there's much, much more work that needs to be done to advance racial justice. Mm -hmm. That's what I took from this. So while, yes, Chauvin got what he deserved, Mm -hmm. I wasn't... Dancing that I wasn't celebrating the decision because at the heart of that, that's a family that lost a loved one. And so I wanted to be careful in the way that I even acted to what took place there.
1: Yeah, because I was I was the same way. I was like, and I'm glad that he got the guilty verdict because they was talking about days off canceling 12 hour days for it. So I'm like, oh my God. I told you prayers. I said, man, I don't know how my work schedule is gonna look. Right. But, right. but all these things doesn't bring George back. As a veteran officer myself, I go and talk to the young officers because that's how I was taught. I, I was learned by the old officers. So I try to be that, that role model in my station there. I tell people, uh, officers, I said the young ones coming up. I said, listen, we have a responsibility out here. We cannot make mistakes. When we do stuff like that, be held accountable. Now, things are set up in the department for stuff like this to happen. But the rank and file have to make sure that they don't cover these people. And hold them accountable and 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 try them like anybody else, yeah. you know, I talk to my my wife all the time. I say, things like this shouldn't happen and and if and if he was a problem in the first place, they should have dealt with him a long time ago, and some and some other officers, you know right. I just want to tell them, listen, some things got to be dealt with a heavy hand, but a lot of stuff out here don't need to be, and we can need to look at people instead of looking at them as criminals. Look at them as human beings first. But because we can only gauge off, off what we display. A lot of stuff out here, prayers can be talked down and can be solved with, with just some conversation.
0: Jules, thanks for that, because I do agree with you. I think that going into a situation with not already being on 10, because <laughs> when right. you go into a situation, and I'm not even just putting law enforcement. This could just be press talking. Mm-hmm. If I go into a... A tense situation, I'm already coming in, ready to fucking tear some shit up. Well, what do you think is going to happen? The shit's not going to end well. And I think that for me, when I look at these types of situations, the de-escalation skills, where's your mouthpiece? How do you not know how to engage people in these situations? That's what the thing that, that always bothers me in these situations. It's just that call to just want to immediately kick things off and escalate them. And a lot of times these situations don't even require that. So. One point that Jules brought up on this that I agree with is the fact that he mentioned a lot of the things that people did. A lot of people protested. Uh, There were a lot of different organizers that were out there basically speaking out on what happened to George Floyd. A part of me, and I want our audience to just kind of hear me really clearly on this. I credit those protests and a lot of the unrest that we saw last summer with this verdict. You can't tell me. that that didn't go into it and that didn't play into it at all. Right?
1: Oh, yep.
0: Also, this verdict wouldn't have been possible without those people that are out there that witnessed what took place, that brave person that recorded everything, and those people that basically asked for Shelvin to stop doing what he was doing. So when I look at that, man, I just look and say, we can't look at this verdict and not realize that Even though this person was found guilty, the issues that we talk about a lot of times on this show, they still exist. They're not going to go away with one guilty verdict of a cop that committed a crime that he shouldn't commit.
1: Right. Because guess what, Prez? Hey, life's still going and things still happening. But what you said, I just want to piggyback off something. This right here, I think it shows that everybody needs to get involved. The brave girl who videotaped the community was coming out and saying, hey, hey, this is wrong. One of those officers would have just listened. If somebody that's in a fight out here and somebody's videotaping, you know, you have somebody say, may y'all break that up. If, if somebody would just listen to, hey, intervene that. So we can all relate and use this as, hey, man, you know what? We need to get involved. Everybody yeah. needs to get involved because why just sit back and just let things happen? Let it escalate. We talk about this all the time, Perez. We coming up, stuff that going on the street, it used to get solved. You you know, once in a while you you know, get to fight and stuff like that. But hey, them old hands would intervene. Right. The parents, the parents should to come out and intervene, in the neighborhood. yep We gotta get back to that.
0: What I took from that that point that you made there is I think that we all have to be involved. And so when I say mm-hmm. that, law enforcement, you guys don't need to be in a situation where there's four officers around and they're watching what Derek Chauvin did. Right. That exactly. shouldn't happen, right? It shouldn't. But then I also look at it from the standpoint of me as a civilian basically saying to you that when I see things that are going on, I get involved. I'm trying to root off things before they even get to a point where they could get, you know, escalated. And I think mm-hmm. that there's a responsibility as even as civilians that we can't, if we see something, we can't just sit here and say, oh, that's got nothing to do with me and
1: just keep it moving.
0: No, uh, uh-uh. uh, because then you can't have fake outrage when stuff happens.
1: Right. 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 No, I got you.
0: So, this requires work all the way around, but I will tell you this thing, man. One guilty verdict doesn't change the way that I look at things in this world, and it don't change the messages that we're going to put forth on this podcast. This is a step in the right direction, but at the end of the day, we got much work to do. Yes, sir. Well, I'll tell you one thing, audience. On this season finale, I had to I had to go back to the network of, of people, man, that I really rock with and, and really, really respect. And I was like, man, we got to get it. We got to get this, this guy on this show, man. We're going we gonna to end this season with, with a bang. So I got my brother, Rob Griggs, pulling up with us today. Rob, talk to him, man. How you doing that, fam? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, fellas? Y'all hear me good? Man, we hear you loud and clear,
2: baby. Because I'm in the car like Derek Jackson, so you know you hear some funny (laughs) noise. Mm -mm. (laughs) All good, man.
0: I'm
2: good. Hey, Jules, number number one, don't let Prez get at you about this Monopoly game. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guess he got the first Monopoly game
1: ever? He got had an upgrade. You know what I'm saying? Let, Let me ask you, Big Rob, have you played the one with the with the debit card? No, I have not, man. But I've seen
2: it in a store. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so I, I, okay. I, I, I thought about getting it, but I was like, I was like, I've no. seen that in Target a bunch of times. <laughs> ain't in the store. He's in he, them high-end stores. when they ain't got my about you,
0: dog.
2: oh Oh, and, this, and, and I, and I got to say this first, fellas, thanks for having me on. I listened to last week's episode and I heard y'all talking about chicken that y'all eat. And, yes, you, uh-huh. you know, I think, Jules, you said 10 pieces and 10 wings and... Yes, uh, yes sir. And seven, right? Yeah, you seven y'all, wings. Y- I gotta change the show back to pulling back the sheets because y'all gonna have
0: <laughs> <to> an <change> item. <laughs> I was hey. like, wings, what are do you doing? <laughs> hey,
1: this hey, man big, said, pulling back the sheets. Hey, <laughs> hey, 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 big, hey, big Rob, real Just quick, wait. I called prayers up because I got them wings. I was at work. I didn't get ten. I got six. Now the bad part about it is, as soon as I picked, get that, get my wings. I ended up getting a call, a house caught on fire. So I'm out there. My wings is getting cold. (laughs) And I'm like, in my mind, I'm talking to these people. And I'm like, I feel bad about that. The next door neighbor, because the house that caught on fire was vacant. So the next door house got the roof caught on fire. Damn. And I, I was talking to them. I felt so bad for them, but all I could think about was some damn wings getting cold, and I was pissed <laughs> off. Oh, I was man. so, I was so mad. I called prayers. I left the voicemail. I just said, "Text your." I said, "I texted, say, hey, check your voicemail." And so, <laughs> so when, when everything, when I was finished with all that, man, I just I ate those cold wings and I left the fries, and and that was it, man. I was mad.
2: Bro, when <laughs> I heard when I heard the number of wings y'all ate, I passed out for y'all. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Let me go drink a smoothie for these fellas, man. They
0: eat. Rob said these fools ain't over here living, right? (laughs) (laughs) Pulling back to
2: the seats. I'm telling you, man. That's what it is, (laughs) y'all.
0: Oh, man. Oh, man. That's a good one. And then so for our audience, Rob here, he hosts a, a podcast, Super Duper Podcast, Dope Concept. I really love his show, man. They got a really good platform on what they're doing, expanding things out. I'm going to let Rob talk about that a little bit later in the episode. But before we get into this, man, I wanted to just kind of just tell our audience a little bit backstory on how I know Rob. And also I want Rob to kind of talk about an organization that's near and dear to both of us, some of the work that he's currently doing with them. But I've known Rob since 93, man. We go way back, man, to just being shorties. We were in this program called Link Unlimited. And for our audience, they may not be Familiar with what this program is, it helps me, kids like Rob, and mostly they all look like us, be able to have the same opportunity with some of the kids whose parents may be able to afford to send them to a private school. Because in my you know household and family structure, that wasn't possible. You know, if if it weren't for Link, I'd have been going to CVS. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And with my mentality and where I was at uh, at that time in life, I'd have been trapping probably in three years after that. So that just saved my life. So great program. It was very beneficial for me. So, Rob, I wanted you to talk really quickly about some of the work that you're doing with Link right now.
2: Sure, sure, sure. So, man, yeah, Link Unlimited is a program to help, uh, you know, underserved African-American high school students. Uh, try to give them, like as you said, man, a leg up on uh, academic uh, excellence and career. Because a lot of times kids just don't have the opportunity, right, to get where they're going. You know what I'm saying? A lot of, you, you, we, got, we know a lot of people in our neighborhoods that grew up with us. They were smart they were innovative but you know they had no resources or anything around them so all they could do was either go trap you know try to play a professional sport right that their, their, their options were limited so a program like link they took kids from all over the city you know south side west side um, north side even brought into this program and they connect you to a mentor now they call them mentors they call them sponsors tonight they right and what it is is like they connect because for example my parents you know some of the smart people i know but neither one of them would ever to go out of college. And they connected, Link connected me with a mentor that, like, you know, he worked in advertising. You know, he had, he had his own business, all these other things. And he had a fine wife, too. So, like, when I met him, I was like, yo, that's the kind of life I want to leave. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but all that to say is, like, they connected you with people that gave you, that showed you, like, oh, wow, there's a different way I can live my life. right? I got into advertising because of him. Before that, it was like, maybe I'll be an engineer, right, or a doctor, because that was kind of the basic things that that's all you knew you could be. I met him and I meet Link and I get to go to Williams College. You know what I'm saying? That was never on my radar at all. And, right. and to President's point, like, you know, I went to St. Ignatius for high school. Shout out to the Wolfpack. And my parents, <laughs> no way, no way, no how would have been able to afford that. I mean, I walk into that school with open house and it was like this palatial estate. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I, they gonna, I got to rob somebody to go here, man. But, you know, you got a program like Link. They've allowed me to, the chance to go in there. And it, and it completely changed the trajectory of my life. So now Link is, is not necessarily a scholarship program per se. It's still, it's, they still offer scholarships, but it's also about just academic excellence and enrichment. So they take students from, you know, Catholic private high schools and also kids that go to public high schools that just need a different chance, you know, learn something more, be exposed to some different things, be a better student, study better, right? Meet different kids around the city because a lot of that matters when you kind of, when you get out of college. And it, and it now extends beyond high school into college. So, Perez, I don't know when you went to school if Link sent you a care package, they sent one to me. Yeah. Uh, but it was like, you know, and that was that was cool. Like they were trying to connect with you still. Now the enrichment goes through college because they understand, you know, of course, now any job, a lot of times a college degree is required no matter what you're doing. So they want to make sure you're not just getting through high school, but they're also getting you through college. So, um, you know, Link is a great program. I, you know, I'm an alum. We talked about it. I was a mentor and I'm currently on the board of directors. And of course, a big part of being on the board is raising funds. And just introducing people to the program that may not know about it, because again, all these great kids, good kids that are athletes, that are scholars, that are just you know nice people, and they had a chance to do something different, right? To have a try a different course that maybe they didn't think was even possible, or had no idea was even possible. So you know, it's a great program. Like like you prayers near and dear to my heart. I've been involved with them. I mean, ever since I've been in school, I've been you know got into the program. like, ever you know graduating, always come back volunteer somehow, some way. So I really love Link. So if anybody's willing to, you know, I know y'all got that stimulus check money and that extra money because you ain't <laughs> been buying nothing during the pandemic. If you want to donate, you want to donate to a wonderful program, you know, to go to linkunlimited.org and tell them Rob Griggs sent you. Uh, but, you know, definitely any donation will help. So we got that that's a great program. Okay.
0: Yeah, and, and I would just I would just second that audience. Please uh, definitely take heed of that uh, because like I said, man, there there's a lot of our generation of, of kids that are out here right now that are a little lost. These are bad kids, you know, and that that was the thing when Rob and I connected back in the day, man, I think we were all in the same boat of being thrown and thrust into that situation, Rob, and kind of being a little foreign to us. I remember with the first time we got on that bus and we went out to Loyola, I hadn't even never even been out in that neighborhood before. For me, it was a culture shock with everything. So that, that program, it, it basically, Rob and, and Jules, it put me in those positions that made me uncomfortable, which now... I'm not uncomfortable about anything. You see me anywhere, brother, and it's, it's going to be on and cracking. And it was and also, because of it was because of those early days. What was you saying? Yeah. And also, like, the work
2: ethic, right? Like, for example, that same bus. Well, you know, we had to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning in the summer, right? Yeah. To get, yeah. To, get to a bus to ride for an hour and then go to school, right? It's like, mm-hmm. so you're doing that in the summertime when yep. you think you'll go sleep in late, what have you. But then, you know, you do that enough summers, you know, you look at just how you approach things differently, right? You know, you, you try to have a level... The program teaches you to have a level of excellence, right? How you go about mm-hmm. the way you, how you do your schoolwork and that kind of bleeds into your the rest of your life. You know what I mean? So it definitely sets a standard. I mean, the president of Link is a, is actually an alum an alum as well, and he was a former um, chairman of the board, man. So it's like you know people are really coming back to Link, uh, you know, definitely bringing a a new energy to Link, man. And it's I'm I'm just very excited about it. Just so happy to be part of the organization.
0: And I'm and I'm glad that we re- reconnected because I was even telling Rob, I said, man. That's even something that I even want to get back involved with, you know, just because I think that that's such a great opportunity for me to be involved, whether it's, you know, financially or even, you know, as a, as a mentor or whatnot. Because I remember my sponsor, you spoke about yours. Mine was in the financial markets. And guess what I ended up doing when I graduated from college, Rob? I, I went into the financial market. So hmm. he put me into touch. I was down there at the border trade with him, taking all that stuff in. I had no idea what the hell was going on. But shit, I started asking questions. I started pulling people to the side like, what does this mean, right? Why? You know, I was only asking why about everything, but I was just taking it all in. And that exposure is so important, man, because I think that's what lacks with a lot of kids in this generation. You know, Jules and I, Rob, talk on this show a lot of times about the inequities and things the way things are designed, the way that they're built. And that's why I think it's so important for programs like Link to be out there as a resource for these kids to kind of give them a path forward. Because without that, then what's the alternative for these kids? Sure.
2: And like you said, you know, you can you can definitely please donate financially linkunlimited.org. But if you listen to like what we're saying and want more information, you can even become a mentor. Like that's sometimes more impactful than the money you give. Because like you said, you may be in an industry that a kid just had no clue about, but it's like perfect for them. Right. I mean, I truly believe God has given us all like abilities to use. We just gotta find the the places to use them. And so you know, you, my like I said, my mentors in advertising never thought about it at all. Ended, but uh, you know, I got into college outside. I was a math major. Ended up being a psychology major. Ended up going to advertising. It was like a perfect hit for me. Ended up get, getting into sales. Like a, okay, like a, a job I really don't think I would have gotten into had I not met him. Even going to Williams College, like you know, I was trying to go like. You know, some actually it's a girl that was going to some school in Illinois. I was trying to follow her, but then they were like, (laughs) they were like, go, like go to Williams, and I was like, yo. And Link sent me to Williams. To be honest, right, they sent me on my college trip to Williams. Like I was in Massachusetts. I never would have checked it out, known it, but Link sent me, man. And so like that changed my whole life. And I think just you know going to business school, any entrepreneurship that I've done, I I do credit it to Link. And, And shout out to my mom. She always tell me, you might donate to. You know Williams or Kellogg or Ignatius, but you better give Link some money first because they're the reason you went on this path. And she's definitely right.
0: She's totally right. She's totally right. And that's that. That's that family system, man. Because you mm-hmm. talked about that with your folks, right? Mom and Dad. Hey, even though that they didn't, you know, go that college route, but I'll tell you one thing. My my mom didn't either. But you better believe she was in that ear. If Mister Anderson was uh picking up that phone yeah. saying something. Bro, moms was at it. <laughs> I mean,
2: that's, you know, I, mean I, only, I only fear God and my pop, but Mr. Anderson is high on that list, man. So, you know. Uh, yes, sir. Shout
0: out to him. <laughs> yes, sir. But anyway, whenever he walked up, you're like, oh, I, I know I did that bullshit, man. All right, I get it. It's coming. The heat's yeah, coming. <laughs> I didn't want no smoke with
2: him. I was a good student, Jack.
0: I mean that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> It's funny, bro, how uh, relationships matter, man, because uh, my time in Link with Mr. Anderson and I was kind of one of the problem kids for him, but, you know, we've we had a good relationship, you know, after that point in time, and then when he went over over to Hell's, Rob, my brother, he went to Hills, and so okay. then he remembered, you know, that, that family lineage, and he actually, like, man, really took care of my brother, man, so... That, that relationship with Mr. Anderson, like, it went deep. So, and, and to, to that point, man, I just think that we need more of that for our, our younger uh, little brothers and sisters out here because, like I said, man, I, I will I will tell this to anybody that's willing to listen. These kids, man, they ain't no different than the three of us that are on this call, man. And mm-hmm. um, and a lot of times, man, it just takes people to just, like, look back and to say, man, care about these kids, man. Love these kids because that's what they're lacking, bro. They, they need somebody that they can look at and say, this person cares about me instead of just walking past me and just saying, oh, he's fucked.
2: And, I, and, I, and I'll share this, man, you know, because mm-hmm. that's a good point. Like in my neighborhood, like I'm no different than the fellas I grew up with. I mean, outside of just like the person I am, right? The yeah. only difference is I had people telling me that I could be something, right? I had a program like LinkedIn showing me things. I had parents that said, hey, you can do, do anything. But I wasn't no smarter than these guys, right? I right. wasn't any faster or stronger. It just was people around me telling me that I could do it. And so I think to your point, you know, a program like Link is so important because unfortunately, there are not a lot of people telling kids that they can do it or you can try this or you can do that. And I think just this, that encouragement, sometimes they need it and they build up their confidence. A lot, of, a lot of times, you know, being black and trying to be a professional and live in something operating in a world that's predominantly white, and doesn't always favor you. You got to have a confidence, a certain level of confidence to really operate, right? Because right. If, you, if you're thinking they're looking at me, maybe I don't cut it, you know, maybe I'm not going to be enough. You know, a program like Link has given kids, and I know like myself, like you, given us confidence to say, well, I'll, I'll be okay in a situation, right? I was uncomfortable before I got, got through it, but now working through Link, I know how to manage myself. I know when I'm uncomfortable. I have to now get to a place where, you know, I can be comfortable and I can be myself and I can show my skills and my talent.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I mean, that, that's absolutely 100% correct, because one of the th- the reasons why we to have you on this show here today, Rob, was just because with a lot of the things that we've been seeing in the world, and these things haven't just popped up in the last year. I think a lot of people, when we have the George Floyd and the Ahmed Arbery situations, we we have these different things and basically it, it shines a, a heavy light on racism in this country. But a lot of people don't take the time to realize that these conditions have been here far longer than that, right? And they run deep. And so President Biden, in his inauguration speech, I'm not sure if you guys heard it, but he made reference to the sting of systemic racism, right? Mm-hmm. And that was something that kind of stood with me because I never really heard uh, somebody on that level in that office speak to that, as it, let alone in their inauguration speech, right? And so when I think about the, the things that Rob and I talked about with Link, the things that Jules talks about on this show is growing up in Inglewood, we have to look at a lot of these in- inequities that, that are going on in all these different inner cities, these things happen for a reason, right? And, and it runs a little bit deeper than what people are willing to even acknowledge. And think about this, Rob and Jules, you guys both probably can just speak to this. Not only did we push through that in our lives we're growing up on the South side, but then now in the corporate world or in college or in healthcare or whatever it may be, these are things that we still have to, to face. And so I wanted, at least on this episode, for us to just have a roundtable conversation about just some of the effects that you guys have seen with systemic racism. And then we'll end the conversation by, you know, giving our audience and listeners some tools for how we can maybe try to dismantle and overcome some of these things.
1: Oh, that's what's up, man. Yeah. I mean, it's big, you know, systemic racism. It's, it's, it's not it's it may be invisible to some people, but it's clearly out there. And study has showed that as you talk about in all things, far as in for us, our people, uh, Perez, uh, Big Rob, that we experience things that other ethnicities, other uh, races don't experience, especially in our education system. Like you said, healthcare, uh, the playing field is not level and we got to overcome obstacles and roadblocks just to get ahead and and live a life that we want to live. As far as the healthcare, prayers. my brother, uh, Mike, his wife is in the healthcare
0: mm-hmm. and
1: we talk all the time. I'm a little conservative way I'm thinking. She's a little bit more liberal. So we have excellent uh, conversations mm-hmm. and we, talk about the healthcare. And she talked about, she bring up that in studies that healthcare doctors look at African-American women differently and feel that they can tolerate more pain. Yep. And I heard that and I did a little research and I found that to be true. And I was like, my God, I know black women are strong and tough and powerful and stuff like that. But my God, we don't need to, we don't need to, we don't have to challenge it. We don't don't, don't want to find out now how strong they are. We know they are strong, but listen, and, and as far as in childbirths, they're highly more likely uh, to have a bad childbirth or die than white, than white women. Mm-hmm. And that's something like, my, I mean, you have it. That's what it's there for. Whatever medications you need and stuff. And we're all human beings. You know, you got to look at people for where they are, not because oh, of their skin color. And for us to be talking this in 2021, it's is still unbelievable.
0: No, I I exactly uh, agree with you at 100%. Before Rob gets to here, I wanted our audience to just really think about what Jules mentioned there. Now, we we, we have these situations in the healthcare, which the reason why this was stuck out to me with Jules when you started speaking about it is that disparity between a black mother going to the hospital to have a baby and the white mother that's going to the hospital to have a baby, their experience is going to be vastly different. Mm -hmm. Different in the treatment of them, different in the treatment plan of them. And also, like you said, it could end up in a death sentence for the one mom versus the other
1: right?
0: And that's a part of the problem. Big Huge problem.
2: problem. But so, so my thoughts on systemic racism, is, you know, people from other ethnic groups may say, right, you know, my parents came over here, they had nothing, and they were able to make something of themselves, right? But mm-hmm. the, what the, the part they miss is nobody stopped your parents from doing X, Y, Z, right? They right. could get those two nickels people let them go. And, you know, People don't talk about reconstruction that mm-hmm. period of time a lot because, you know, that was supposed to be the starting point where everything was equal, right? Slavery's mm-hmm. over, the Emancipation Proclamation is signed, Juneteenth happened. I mean, in the quick note of Juneteenth, it's like then people were in Texas like, hey, we free? Oh, we ain't. it's been a whole year almost. So we, you know, we would not even know. We right. don't even know. We <laughs> down here
0: working. Like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so the thing is, you know, during that period of time, it's in like Woodminton, North Carolina places in like South Carolina, there were large groups of black people who were getting their land, right? Who were becoming, they were, they were being part of the government, being elected, right? The, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the government systems were predominantly black because the black people were like, we now have this right. And the black men, of course, had the right to vote and had the right to move some things around. They got support for people who were abolitionists, right? And so then what happened is, you got places like, again, North Carolina, South Carolina, other places in the South where the white people who were maybe not, couldn't even read themselves, right? Not weren't educated, started putting things in place to make sure the person who, the black people who voted couldn't vote anymore. For example, your father had to like have been in some school or done some thing. Of course they couldn't do that before they were slaves. Mm-hmm. And then when that okay. didn't work, it was just an uprisal, just, just some violence, right? Mobs taking people out. The Tulsa riots, right? That's simply mm-hmm. because these black people were doing well on their side of town. Yep. Right? No other reason. There's a book called The First Black Millionaire, right? Talk about the first six or so Black people who became millionaires. And the main reason you probably don't know about most of them is because they had to hide how rich they were because the white people didn't like that they were that rich. What did you do? You're supposed to be a slave and below me. All that to say, so at this point in, in history where people were supposed to start at the same level, Jim Crow, violence, voter suppression, all that's happening in 1880, 1890, 1900, and it's still in 2021. So mm-hmm. those systems are being built and created, but the things it started to become a way of life. But then people just took it as, oh, that is nothing. It's not a big deal. It's not gone, right? And sometimes for black people, we don't even know we're living under this kind of system, but mm-hmm. it still exists. Like, you know, the privilege is real. I know about industries where people, you know, a white man and a black man have the same job, but the white man, the black man has to have, you know, two and four degrees, but he still makes less. The white mm-hmm. man has, has a high school diploma. He makes $20,000 more. Like, I know that for a fact. Yeah. So, and so and so so to point out the systemic racism is just to say, like, hey, is this founded under a system where people can't have are there are there additional barriers where I can't get it? Like, you know, you talked about the the disparity in healthcare between mm-hmm. black men, and, black women and white women. That just happens all around. The black people a black person is buying a house in a neighborhood versus a white person, are they treated differently? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I think as credit you checked a a different way, they're giving different steps. I mean it's like riding CTA and Metro. Like when you on CTA, you're kinda of looking around more, right? You're on the Metro, <laughs> you take it easy. Right? You know what I'm saying? But it's it's just it's just it's shouldn't, it it's shouldn't speak, talk, right. And that's real, right? Yep. And so and so once we get to a point like you said, everybody just wants a fair chance. With Link, it's just giving black kids a leg up to say, all right, now you can catch up to your to your counterparts. So you can get the same chance to do what you want. Like no somebody's asking for a handout. I don't think so. People don't want a handout. We just want an opportunity Mm -hmm. to do whatever whatever we can. So when we talk about systemic racism, it has been happening for a very long time. And I mean, when something happens since 1800, it's going to be embedded into your current system, the current state of life. So, you know, Mm -hmm. we just have to be willing to recognize it and call it what it is, right? Mm -hmm, right? That's the last thing I'll say. I think a lot of times we don't want to say it from a black side and a white side or any other a race of people because you don't want to admit that, man, that was kind of jacked up what we did or that was kind of jacked up what what I'm benefiting from. But that's okay. Like, the only way to fix a problem is to acknowledge the problem.
0: No, that's fair. And Rob, you brought up a hell of a point about those first six uh, Black millionaires. We we did a series of episodes a little bit earlier in this season where we kind of highlighted some of those people. So like Mary Ellen Pleasant, yeah. Uh, Ow, Gurley, uh, yeah. and also uh, Annie Marie Turnbull. Like, and that's the thing that a lot of people, when we were doing those episodes, they were hitting us up, Rob, and were like, my God, I never even heard of these people, you know. And you brought up the point of why, and that's what we talked about on the episode. Is because they had to hide their success, because guess what? In those times, if an African American person was known to be able to read and write. What was going to happen to that person?
2: And I'm going to tell you, and ever since I read that book about first black being, I was like, when I get my money right, I'm wearing my chains out. I'm driving my Phantom just to, uh <laughs> Okay. Talk to him, Rob. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, but I mean, but all jokes aside, but just think about that, right? You fight for success. You fight slavery. You fight, you fight uh-huh. suppression and oppression. And I can't even live in my, live in my money. Right.
0: Right. I got to hide.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I'm being chased and I'm being told I'm less. By people who like having't worked as hard as me so I have the education that I have right they just because I look different than them, they feel like they have a right to say that I'm less than, and so Perfect. that 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 just carries over the generations it's 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 not it's not fair, but it is the truth, and we just have to acknowledge that that is the truth
0: mm-hmm. yeah and one thing too, this is something that that I saw of uh, in my family uh, we I had people uh, my grandmother her her brothers they fought in the war. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of times people know that when these people came back from the war, there was that GI Bill. And so that GI Bill was supposed to, that's just to provide low-cost mortgages to veterans and also pay for their tuition if they decide to go to college or whatever the case may be. So now we know that there were hundreds of thousands of Black servicemen that fought in World War II. So those benefits that were afforded under the GI Bill for the white servicemen, they weren't extended to the Black servicemen. So- I want our audience to think about that for a second. What do you think the impact of that was for those 120,000 plus Black servicemen in their family over time? So, you have one race of people that were able to benefit from those low cost mortgages, right? Because now that's generational wealth and equity that they were able to build up that they were able to now pass on to the next generation, right? Now, with the other individuals, they didn't have that same type of, 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 of ability to do so. And so, the racial wealth gap is one that a lot of people don't talk enough about in this time. You know, we have a lot of focus on the social unjust and and, and basically the way that we're being treated. That's important. But I also want to take the time for people to also understand the fact of why a program like Link Unlimited was so important for me and Rob and other kids that came through the program is because not only did it give us a leg up, bro, but it gave us the confidence to know that, man, just because we're not surrounded by this now doesn't mean that we can't one day be in the same rooms with these people and leading discussions and having the type of conversation. And so I just wanted to kind of leave that thought for you guys to kind of chat about, because when I saw that firsthand with the way that that GI Bill didn't benefit any of my uh, relatives, I'm like, damn, that's wealth that just basically just wasn't Mm -hmm. even afforded to us. One more example, like with college, right?
2: A lot of times they ask you, you know, they they get their legacy kind of benefit, right? Yeah. Do you have a relative that went to this college? Now, for a lot of people, you know, you might be the first generation to go to college at all. So that's a benefit you don't even get. And that's not a benefit that there's there's no merit of your own or work of your own, right? But like people can, you know, a lot of white people, their family had to go to college, could afford college so on and so forth. So they could get into a different, they had a different metric that would allow them to get into different schools. Like that's a real thing that people don't even really consider or think about. And so like now our children can have the benefit of a legacy. Like if my kids want to go to Williams, it's like my dad went to, but you know, that's nine years from now. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yep. So you talk, you're talking 60s, 70s, 80s, like, you know, that's a big deal to get into these schools and try to make it happen and get some additional support. But if that, you know, if they got two students they're looking at and one has a g- family, a generation that's been here four times and you the first one, they might go with the
0: generational family. And, and is that necessarily, it ain't fault of yours. Who you knows who to say? And, and it's not, but also too, Robbie, you know how this goes with Jules too. It's all about money because you know the way higher education works now. Legacy is one thing, but if you cut in the check that's gonna help them build an addition to that oh, university,
1: yeah. mm-hmm. they are gonna name it after you.
0: <laughs> but that's that. But that's that wealth <laughs> right. gap that we're talking about,
1: right? And it's messed up because, uh press. To circle back what you said about that GI Bill, my grandfather served and he was a corporal. Mm-hmm. And when he re- when he came home, my mom told me he worked two jobs. He was cleaning. Trains, and he was a, a short order cook, just to ain't, make ain't ends that something and why, like you said their white the white serviceman was getting work and free college uh education. My grandfather come back and, and and he had to hustle, he had to grind mm-hmm. and that gave them a leg up and a head start and also to give that old money to pass down that money to what they what they uh left for their uh for their future kids and stuff like that and we' have to far as our ancestors have to wasn't able to leave anything and that's messed up because what happened if they was able to get that gi bill where they was able to get college and they was able to get work and stuff we'd have been on the same playing field you know the killing part about it is, we talk about this all the time there's plenty money of it to go around there's plenty of money for it to go around but you know that's just that superior uh type mind for where you know we just want to keep these people down and stuff they never want you want want uh, them or us to be equal to where they are because they feel privileged and stuff like that. And and, and 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 the end result is, like I said, we're all one people, we're all human beings.
0: No, that's totally true. At one point that Rob brought up earlier that I really liked, and Jules, that was very strong point of that GI Bill. But one thing that he brought up is that there's probably going to be a lot of people that when they hear this episode, they're going to say, well, I don't see systemic racism. And one thing that I want you guys to think about on that is you don't see it because you ain't looking for it. Well, yeah. Because it's not in your face. You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> right, right. Or, yeah. it, or it doesn't affect you either. Right, right. right. You know oh, it don't mm-hmm. hit you. That's the
2: other part of it because, you know, so I saw my friend yesterday how a lot of times, depending on the situation, not that you have to co-switch, but, you know, you kind of like, if I see you guys in a place, I'm, I'm like, yo, fellas, what it do? Bada da mm-hmm. we're going to talk, what have you. And you there's know. certain things I know I can say, I can talk about that in a white space or space is probably white. I know if I say it, not that I'm scared to say it, but I might be penalized for how I talk about it or how I, how I present it. You know what I mean? And that's like, you know, who wants to live like that? You know no, what I mean? no we shouldn't have to. Well, if I talk the way I normally want to talk, you're going to look at me different just because you don't understand what I'm saying. You see know what I'm saying? Right. So right. Like, you know, mm-hmm. who, who, who wants that? Like, that shouldn't be it. But again, that's something that affects us. And that's the business decision we make. Either I'm going to be authentic to who I am or I'm going to play the game or I'm going to do a hybrid of the two. But you shouldn't even have to go through that mental gymnastics just to show up to work, especially for getting like a Dunkin' Donuts or something. Like, hey, man, I'm trying to get you donuts out. Why you got to what? Why you got do like <laughs> You
0: know what I mean? And Rob, like, like out, Rob's out. like, it ain't that deep. It's just Rocky yeah, Road. What right, we talking about? Right,
2: and, and shout, out, shout out to everybody that work at Dunkin' Donuts and Basketball. No disrespect. It's the same. <laughs>
1: hey, we, lo- we love you here. We love you. We love, you love you here. We love donuts. you.
2: Every, every Monday, Tuesday, I get me a donut. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey man, you know they get a. Uh, I always get their croissants, the croissant, the bacon, the, uh, bacon cheese, and the sausage croissant. Man, and them things, are, them things are good, man. Don't don't <laughs> listen, don't listen to these lies, audience. This man go to Starbucks. <laughs> go oh, Starbucks. No. <laughs> hey, hey with
2: monopoly game, right? Yeah, oh, come on. You, you see that, hey, Rob? Man, you, know you see
0: that, Rob? That was a switch. He's like, let me let me try to come down to the common uh, person here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> yo. <laughs> God damn. I'm talking you about know? his croissant. Okay. God, oh, see you, sir.
2: <laughs> can't, can't win, huh, Jewel? Damn. Win.
1: You know what? I'm just <laughs> hey, I'm just listening. I'm just listening to y'all speak, man. Hey, y'all, y'all talking good. <laughs> hey, y'all talking good, man.
0: <laughs> I like you, Jules. I like Jules. But no, but, but to the point that we were making though, when, when it comes to this type of discussion here, we brought up a lot of good parts about the fact of what we've seen with it, the effects it has had, and we've also seen how it's crippled. The education system, right? I mean, we talked about it today with well, how link was beneficial for the, for me and Rob, but then think about Jules. He didn't have the benefit of link, but his parents had to buckle up mm-hmm. and they sent him to Rita. And That's how me and him connected. Is because you know I went to Rita, and so now he had two parents that are basically sitting here, uh, you know, putting together their money to pay that type of tuition for him to go to that school. And why did they do that? It's because they knew, hey, he may have a better chance to succeed going to this school than maybe some of the neighborhood schools. And no disrespect mm-hmm. to those neighborhood schools, but we know why parents probably decided not to send us to those schools.
2: But, see, but, but even that in itself is systemic racism, right? Because yes. think about it. The public school, the right. neighborhood right. school, shouldn't every school should have the same basic amenities. Am I right? Am I right? No. You're right. You're right. Like, You're right. It, so it, sh- it shouldn't be that I got to move over to in this neighborhood, go broke, Lie on my loan application, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So we can get the address, mm-hmm. so my mm-hmm. child can go to the school right. because I can't, I can't afford the tuition of another school. So my neighborhood school, they, the teachers aren't showing up, the books are old, right? That shouldn't be the case because, again, in, 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 like, in, see, like Chicago in the suburbs, right? People move out there because just for the public schools are just better because it's just, it's just it just and, is. And in Chicago, we all know if it's based upon where you live. And that's not fair because, again, if black black and brown people live in a certain area and the schools aren't up to par, then those kids don't have a chance.
1: No, no.
2: And then, like you said, like, you know, my parents, it was either Whitney Young or Ignatius. Right. And it was in link got me into Ignatius. But it's like I but I had to like I would have had to drive, drive,
0: a, take a bus an hour and a half to get to no. Whitney Young. You know what I'm saying? Right. And and that was for me, too, because I remember I took that test for Whitney Young, did well on the test, but I didn't make that lottery system. And now that's right. another thing that nobody want to talk about. The fact that they've made education in this, especially here in Chicago, mm-hmm. it's so elitist. And it's like, why don't all kids have the same opportunity for, for stuff? Why do parents have to sit here and lie and say, well, my kid lives in this household, <laughs> just give you a right. shot of going to a better school? Yeah. Education used to be the great
2: equalizer. Now you got to pay for that too. Right. It's like, you know, if everybody, if you went to school and worked hard and at at a certain point, then it's like, okay, I've done my part and then I can get the rest. Now, now that's being, that that's a cost to it. It's come as well. Total, total fair
1: point. Hey, hey Prez, Prez, I told you about greasing the pockets now. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: uh, hey, Jules, hey, Jules, isn't that entrapment? I don't know, I don't It sure is. See, see, all this, you see how you trying to hook me up over
1: here? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's entrapment. <laughs> nah, no, but yo, man, but this right here is serious stuff we talking about because uh, it goes uh, for people to hear what. Our parents have to go through, like you guys were saying, you have to go through a third party so you can get a better education. Mm -hmm. My parents, I remember they haven't bought like nothing new because not only I went to Rita, my my brother, he was in Rita uh, two years before I was. So it's two of us that was in Rita. you know, it's just a little discount, but it was, you know, right. Big discount. I remember my father, he wore the same clothes. He didn't buy nothing new. You know what I'm saying, and um, they kept the same car, so just for us, just so they can have money to send us to get a better ed- education and I look at I look at that all the time and and really appreciate and thank them for that because they sacrifice you know they sacrifice a lot of things so for us to get a better education a better life and stuff you know I'm hey I, now. You guys may think I'm doing because going to Starbucks and stuff and playing this Monopoly game, but you know, I'm all right now. I just said I'm all right, man. I, I, and God get all the glory for that, man. So,
0: no, that's that's what's up, man. Those those are just all jokes. I okay, I got yeah, one no. more. I, I got one more, and, I, and, I, and I, I, I actually got one more, and I actually mean this one very wholeheartedly. So, your parents they did a really good job, man, sending you and, and Peter to Rita. But what happened with little Mike going to Leo?
1: What, what happened there? You know what. Mike took. Uh, damn, what happened? He registered late or something like that. I forgot what happened, and you know, it just never worked out. He took the test. You know what? You know what? Okay, remember, he took the test. He didn't. He didn't make it. He didn't make it. I, I um, believe that's what happened. So you know, wh- he went to uh, Leo. He made it. He he got accepted Leo. But you know, Prez, I forgot who was the person at the time. They said if they knew that he was my brother, some they would have they would have brought him in. And I was. I remember oh, hearing that. You know, what I'm saying so. I was like, really? <laughs> but but uh, it worked out, man. He had, he loved it. He loved that, read. I mean, that at Leo. I think it was just meant, you know. No, things happen for a reason. Yeah. Just, in case he was listening, I just want the,
0: him to hear me just take that shout out. Yeah. It's all good. You, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, man. So, I mean, dude, you guys, man, uh, just, man, it's been a really dope episode. So we talked about a lot of the, the, the causes and things like that and the effects. Let's talk now about solutions before we get out of here, man. So we okay. see that there's a lot of different states right now that are talking about different ways of reallocating resources to basically give back to, you know, different areas that are being impacted. But what do you guys see is that are solutions that are actually tangible, that are actually things that can actually work right away? Like, what do you guys think there?
2: So I, I think, you know, on one end, right, it's, it's uh, and we know we say this a lot you know, supporting black businesses and supporting black culture mm-hmm. each other. Like, you know, mm-hmm. a thing when you and I connected, we talked about like other black podcasters and just having a network because I feel like a lot of times, you know, it became, su- being synonymous with being successful meant like, you know, getting out of a hood or, you know, going a different direction, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of got, I think now we're in a time, it's like, you know, let's celebrate our blackness and being black and being comfortable in who we are. And I feel like a lot of times when we show the pride and the power in our own stuff, people then begin to respect it as well. And so I feel like that's a, big, that's a big part of it. And I also, like I said earlier, I think just acknowledging racism, like acknowledging the, the effects of it is okay. Like it doesn't, you know what I'm saying, like nobody's trying to punish people because their grandfathers were, you know, slave owners. It's like, but well, we just got to acknowledge that Like you got a leg up because of this. This is why I'm asking for this over here, right? It's not just because I, I need your help. It's because I, it's, it's, you got a start to me that I'll never catch up from. So I feel like from a person of just being a black person, I've been more mindful of like, am I supporting my people? Am I asking other people to support it? Am I doing the same, right? Am I reaching out to black vendors? Am I reaching out to, you know, black companies? Am I I showing my black authenticity myself? Because then if I'm being as authentic and black as I can be, then, you know, I can't hide it. People have to see it and they have to acknowledge it. And I feel like, you know, where we are in America now, like, you know, talking about racism, talking about inequity like we can't we can't keep our foot off the gas right mm-hmm. you know because once we get a couple wins right once things go well then we start focusing on like whatever lebron's doing or whatever somebody else is doing sure. or sure. Megan right that'll start getting our way and it's like no this got to be on the top of the agenda every time like every week because this work is, is constant work and it always has to be done so that, that's my two cents
0: and, and Rob, before Jules gets in here, I thought that last point was so powerful, and I want people to stop getting distracted out here. Right? It's like that squirrel thing, right? We'll we'll be going in the right path. Then somebody deletes a tweet. Now the whole world is talking about that. Like, come on now, we gotta do better,
1: <laughs> yeah. right? To echo echo what Big Rob said, you gotta acknowledge it. Like I said, nobody gonna nobody gonna take you out and beat you because what you're your ancestors did. Hey, it's in the
0: past. <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, you, you had no, you had no, no say so back then. You no. wasn't around. So listen, it is what it is, man. It, it, it happened back then. Look, let's acknowledge it. Let's drink it. Let's swallow it, and let's move forward. Uh, there's a lot of things that can be done. Uh, in The whole circle we talked about uh, medically. We talked about education. We talked about policing. We talked about. Um, uh, 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 the job market and stuff like that. So the people that that's in places that that can do things and stuff have to have to gain a heart and a conscience and say, hey, listen, if this person is qualified or this person just need a shot, or I see a lot from this person, why not give them an opportunity? When you go to these schools, I have, a, um, I have a buddy who's a principal at a, a suburb school. I forgot the name and I'm sorry about that because, man. But he told me that one problem with, with CPS is just too big. Maybe they can, maybe they can look at some things and kind of go back to the drawing board and say, hey, what can we do to meet the curriculums like, like you're doing these, these, these great schools? So everybody have the same education. When I went from my grade school to Rita, I was behind. So I have to double up and buckle down a little harder because some of the things that my classmates were seeing I never saw before. Mm-hmm. So maybe the curriculum and it can be the same for all students, so we can all get the same learning. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just shooting, just shooting my shot here. Mm-hmm. But those are things that need to be tra- be changed as to so we all can have the same, so have even playing field. Our day, prayers, big Rob, we had to go door to door, uh, just yeah. suit and ties and. Resume in your on hand. That heavy,
2: on a heavy paper. Yeah, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get that vanilla, vanilla color paper. The so vanilla, right. Right. <laughs>
1: yep. right. Yep. You know, I mean, we have to go in and present ourselves and kind of, you know, you know, you know, do our thing and stuff. But now these things here, it just people just have to set race and stuff aside and, and give people a chance. But in order to give that person a chance, it had to start from the ground up. As far as parenting, you have to have good family structure. You have to have a good home, you have to have good churches, you have to have good community and good schools and stuff. So that can follow and lead them to a better, a better future and a better financial situation. So they can have a better home and a, and 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 bring their kids up and their families up in the same cycle. Instead of a bishop cycle, it'd be a, a positive and a prosperous cycle.
0: No, I, I get that man. I think what what I what I hear from both of you guys is kind of what I kind of think when I think of solution is I think it starts with mentality first. Mm-hmm. So You'll hear, especially right now, where the buzzwords last year was everything black people, everybody loved us, right? But I, you know, I kind of called bullshit on a lot of that kind of stuff. Cause I'm like, dude, <laughs> where were you guys, you know, like the year before George Floyd, you know, got choked out? You weren't there. Cause these mm-hmm. things have been happening way before that mm-hmm. death happened in this world. So I think about this type of thing is keep that energy with us at all times. But it also what Rob said is for us, we got to work together better. We can't be working in these silos. Rob and his team over there, that they have their great podcast. I listen to his podcast. I listen to other Blacks' podcasts because guess what? I'm not in competition with Rob. That's my brother. They doing great work over there. He supports what we do over here. If he succeeds, then so do we over here pulling back the curtain. Mm -hmm. Because these small independent podcasts, once one of them pops, now the other podcast that's in that lane, they can now come up. And but I think that within our community we got to do a better job of working with one another. But when I look at other people outside of our of our demographic, I think their mindset has to change. You got to, to acknowledge that systemic racism is a thing. Uh-huh. You can't have this privilege of basically ignoring it and just acting like it doesn't exist because it does exist. Acknowledging
2: it means you know. I may make a decision that's biased upon race, right? Exactly. I may, right. I, I, when, I, when I walk around a black person, I might tighten up. Like that CTA metric uh, mm-hmm. example. Yep. like, I may not know I'm doing it, but <laughs> if, I not, if I not realize <laughs> it, it's like that's me acknowledging racism. You see know what I'm saying? And, that, and that's what we mean when we say acknowledging it. It's like, yes. you know, you might mm-hmm. have some bias. You know, you see a black person come in to a job, and a white person, you might assume this black person is maybe not as educated, mm-hmm. doesn't work as hard. Like, you just just subconsciously. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that, and that's what you implicit. have to acknowledge, right? That's what you got
0: to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 that's a perfect analogy there. And then also to rethinking how you build relationships. Now, the one thing Rob and Jules, you guys probably both notice about me, man, bro, my my network is is diverse, bro. I, I kick it with a lot of different type of people, and I like that diversity of viewpoint. I don't want people around me to all see things the same way that I do, because then if that if that's the case, then when am I ever learning, right? I think that people in this world have to also start to do that. Look at your professional and personal networks. Look at the demographics of those. Because when you can start being around more diverse people, then you can open your eyes to the different experiences that these people have and the challenges that go with that. Because even for me as a Black man, when I was in college and I was going to school and I was around different cultures, even hearing their stories, then it made me even realize like, damn, I even have a privilege. And I think that that's important. I think a lot of this starts with people and their mentality. And that's kind of how I think that you could change this. So, Jules, your point was great with the schools and the family. But I think taking it a step back, if parents can start parenting their kids differently, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. having to be more accepting and open to other yes. cultures, right? Because it starts at the youngest of levels with our kids. So yes. everybody wants mm-hmm. to talk to us right now about learning racism. No, it's, not, it's basically... Teach your kids how to be human beings and how to love other human beings. Spread love. We do that, bro, we'd be in a better spot with the way that these things are going in this world.
1: Dude, absolutely. Absolutely right, man. You hit it right on the head. And I second that, man. You hit it right on the head. It start that conditioning and training at, at home at, a, at an early age. <laughs> man, wow.
0: Accountability, man. I think that's, that's the biggest thing. And then mm-hmm. we talk about uh, in the past on the show, we talked about those uh, parents in Utah that wanted to opt their children out of Black History right. Month-related curriculum. And my whole thing is in this country, we've seen that they want our history to be whitewashed. Let's stop doing that. It happened. it. Uh-huh.
2: And it's, it's the acknowledgement piece, right? Because it's like that makes people feel, like white people feel bad that, they, that their culture was a part of this and all this nonsensical racism came in and they're benefiting from it as well. People don't want to be reminded of that. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's unfortunate, but it's what it is. Again, that's mm-hmm.
1: it.
2: Yep, exactly.
0: Exactly. And, and at the core of this, what Jules has said in the past and what Rob has said on this episode, our culture, we're not looking for handouts. This is a, about a level playing field because all three of us, when we had a level playing field, we used that to our advantage. And then when you listen to Rob talk about the work that he's doing And Link Unlimited, not only was he and I able to benefit from that, but now he's paying that forward for the next generation of students. And that right there in itself itself to me, it speaks volumes. And we need more of that in this community. So yes, people outside of our community, we need them to change their mentality, the way that they do things. Because I don't think that everybody, when they do things, uh, guys, that they do these things in a racist mentality, a lot of it just could be implicitly, you just don't even recognize that you're doing these things. And I think mm-hmm. that that's that's uh that's something that we really have to to kind of take heed in. But Rob, I appreciate you so much for jumping on the show, man. Before you get out of here, yes, sir. tell our audience a little bit more about what you guys are doing over there at Super Duper and also with uh, HP 53 Productions.
2: Yeah, and first, I want to thank y'all for having me on the show, man. It's the first time I've been a guest on the podcast. I'm just, I used to being a host, man. I was trying to shut up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but listen, man, I, I admire what y'all do, and I follow y'all for sure, man. So, you know, keep up the good work, definitely. But, yeah, I'm the host of the Super Duper podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Super Duper Pod, It's S-U-P-A-D-U-P-A-P-O-D. And uh, it's part of HP53 Productions, and that's a group of guys. So, uh, Marshall Givens, uh, Ez McMahon, and, and uh, Sheezy the Boss, and they started a production company probably a couple of years ago. And they just wanted to make some documentaries and film. And I knew about it. You know, I'm really good friends with those guys. And then they kind of hit me and said, hey, man, we want to do a podcast. You, what, if you could do one, what would you do? I sent them some ideas, and they came back and said, hey, man, we do a podcast for us and be part of the company. So I, I jokingly say I'm like Johnny Gill of the, of the business. You know, they were new addition already. <laughs>
0: about <me> and <laughs> <Gil>.
2: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and so, you know, we, we on our, any heartbreak right now, man. But definitely we do. We try this do good where we got three podcasts of Super Duper, uh, Easy Smoking the gym. As a sports podcast. Then we have Father Good podcast. That's just about it's two comedians who are fathers. Some web content oh. series. So we're just trying to build content from a Southside DNA perspective. That's our that's our whole goal. And we try to have fun. Super duper. You know, we talk about some things about you know, systemic racism. Uh, you know, I'm saying uh, inequities, but we also talk about why well, House Party is a good movie, man. I mean, we, we try to cover <laughs> it all. <laughs>
0: that's right. No, they they got they get into some really good stuff here. And, and one thing about Rob that 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 I kick it with him really hard on is the fact that he acknowledges and knows that Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Okay, good. And, and so that's not even a debate with him. But then also, <laughs> I heard where he's basically said that he thought that Steph Curry was the greatest shooter ever. And that was also something on him that he doesn't even debate. So that's something. I was like, all right, well, not a lot of people are willing to put their chest in that one because a lot of people still tell you your boy Jesus, you know, but I don't know. <laughs> No nah, man, even shadows worth. So he know he know the deal. He
2: know the deal. <laughs> he, he, died, he, died, he He didn't realize he was John the Baptist.
1: That's 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 how they <laughs> <go>. <laughs> Oh, Dave!
0: All right. Ooh, you just can't. He, he he went out and smoke. Rob, thank you so much, brother. You are the you are the shit, man. Appreciate you okay, so I much for coming, coming. Appreciate up.
1: you, Rob.
2: Yo, let's do this again, guys, for sure. All right, yes, bro, man. Sir.
1: Jules, that was dope. <laughs> he was more John the Baptist. <laughs> oh man, that's a good one, man. I like that, man. I like Rob, man. Yeah,
0: Rob. He's he's the goods, man. He is the <laughs> goods.
1: But dude, man, I man. mean, when we talk
0: about this season, Jules, these episodes, I know for our audience, man, that hung in it with us. I know a lot of this stuff was hard hitting. A lot of it probably made some people like, damn, it started making them kind of think, you know, internally a little bit, and. Mm. I just hope that just listening to the different things that we talked about, I hope that you guys learn something differently. I hope that maybe some of these episodes, Jules, this season have made people say, you know what? Maybe some of the stuff that these guys are sharing from their perspectives of of African-American men can maybe make me change my viewpoints of wherever Mm -hmm. I am in the world, right? And I think that that's what we wanted to get out of this season. We wanted to be a part of that solution, right? And I just really am thankful for having guests like Rob that could come on this show, and we can amplify his voice. But then he could come on this show and just be another example of black excellence. And that's all of what this show is about yep. to me. It's just black excellence. Uh,
1: black excellence, man. And I think we, I think we gave the viewers what they, you know, what they need to listen to. A lot of entrepreneurs and business owners and people who buying property and just elevating themselves uh, again, black excellence. But also we gave we gave you some history, redlining, Tulsa, Oklahoma massacre, the Great Migration. When we talk about the Harlem Renaissance and mm-hmm. and just, the just
0: first black six millionaires, you know,
1: yeah, so those are great examples and and things that we was just uh, talking about so people can learn and and get understanding. It's like man, what what our ancestors had to go through and and where we are today and we also have great examples that's coming on this show man we it we 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 hit the mark on we talked about a lot of stuff this season man and like you Prez, i just i know people got gained a lot and and thankful for what what we gave them this season
0: yeah man and and, and listen man this season was was really good mm-hmm. for, for me you know because mm-hmm. season 1 of the podcast bro we were still like i said we were still mm-hmm. trying to figure out you know what was what But this season, man, I feel like this was just all about execution, bro, and just really taking things to the next level. And I, I also salute you because you and I both had to look ourselves in the mirror as black men, as podcasters, and basically say, Hey man, we got a responsibility, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I and I and I, I want to give you those kudos because we both had to look ourselves in the mirror and basically answer that standard and that challenge. And I think that we did that
1: on this season. Oh man, likewise, brother. Likewise, man. <laughs> just just a hey, just following your lead, man. I was like, man, I can't. I got to come because, <laughs> <laughs> Fred, you be you be coming at it, man, and just sitting here listening and your fire and your your passion. And, and the way you think and putting these things together and just talk, man. I be sitting back here just, just listening, man. Just, man, this brother here is on fire and got a voice that people need to hear. And I'm just, gra- I'm just thankful and thank God and and appreciative of you and just being on here and just giving my little two cents and you know every Saturday morning. And uh, <laughs> man, this is this was a good one, man. And I'm, I'm a donate that LincolnLemon.com and stuff. I'm, I'm a donate because that is, if that wasn't there, it wasn't in place where would people like like you press or, or or big rob mm-hmm. would be at you know right. what i'm saying what kind right. of education would you guys have so or others so man that's 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 big and now when he was saying and when you guys were talking that you know explaining your guys' experience with that i said man i'm i'm on man i'm hooked man i'm I'm gonna start donating and and if i can do it mental shift, if i have time and stuff like that man i'd be good too and I appreciate
0: that, too. Yeah. And even if that's something, even like with a, with a couple of your, your, your colleagues there, man, and yeah. they kind of come from the hood, maybe see if they want to, you know, maybe mm-hmm. throw in something. Because I think that just something like that, man, even if it's 10 to 20 bucks, that shit goes a long way. That's books right. for somebody, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever the case may be. And so I really appreciate you even saying that. And because I'll tell you, my sponsors were, were white. Okay. Doesn't take away from the impact that they made on my life. But I think a lot of these kids that look like you and I, Jules, I think they would be more receptive when they see people that look like us giving back into them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something where when I when Rob and I were in a link, the number of Black sponsors were pretty few and far between. And I wonder what that situation looks like now. And so uh, that's something I'll be kind of curious when I talk with Rob next. I'm going to see like, hey, man, How's that situation? Maybe I may not be able to come in at a full sponsor level, but man, what can I do that can like be impactful for a couple of students? You know, because that's the thing, man. I, I want to do more to help multiple students and not just maybe one person, you know? And so that's kind of way the, the way I kind of look at it.
1: That's good, man. That is, man. Excellent, man. Brother, excellent season, man. Excellent yes, sir. show today. Excellent season. Wow. <laughs>
0: We only, get it, we only get it started, audience. As, as we told you, we, we're going to take a couple weeks here. We're going to recalibrate the show, and we're going to be back in a couple weeks. And when we come back, we're going to elevate this thing even from where it is right now. But like I said, we appreciate you guys for rocking with us, for the people that's been listening to this show since the very beginning. Thank you for basically being here with us throughout the, all of you know the ups and downs of the podcast, us growing, mm-hmm. us getting the, the, the sound quality and the production value of it correct. But you people that reach out to us and say, holy shit, man, this is a total different podcast here in this season. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for hanging in there with us. And for Thanks. the people that we basically have come into the podcast here in this season too, thank you guys for giving us a chance. Thank mm-hmm. you for spending your weeks with us, listening to what Jules and I have to say. It's humbling as hell that people not only listen to what we have to say, but then when they reach out to us and they say man, this point that you guys made here, this helped me here. Oh, we got the question from the individual from Sacramento last week that Mm -hmm. wanted advice on how to come out to his parents. When you have people like that that are reaching out to us, he don't know us, but there's something in us basically that he felt comfortable enough to even say, I care what these guys think about that. I don't take that lightly, bro. And Mm -mm. for that reason, that's why this podcast means so much to the both of us. So we thank all of you guys so much for the support and for listening to this show. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you. <laughs> Jules, go to hit up with that curtain call, bruh. All
1: right, press this curtain call goes out to Link Unlimited. Link Unlimited has changed the life trajectory of the scholars and its program. Since its founding, Link has successfully supported more than 2,500 scholars in their fellowship model, Link, high potential African-American students with the resources and support needed for success as they advance to, through, and beyond college. Link has been instrumental in closing the opportunity gap and further ensuring economic stability for their scholars President and i and pulling back the curtain podcast family would like to say thank you and we appreciate all your hard work
0: yeah jules i would just just add real quick man thank you so much for that curtain call uh link unlimited is a is the program that, that rob and myself uh spoke about earlier in this episode and honestly it led us on the path where we are in life so i, I appreciate them and any of our audience, I would please implore you, if there's any kind of way that you can support that program, please do so. As always, you can find this podcast on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and Deezer. We appreciate your continued support of the show. Without you, we wouldn't be. We're the Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hey.